This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to The Love Strangers, a Swindon Town fan podcast proudly sponsored by the STFC Official Supporters Club. Is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play. That is that. What a good shot. Oh, it's a goal. Far post for Shira. Goal for now. Steve White. Sets to Mitchell. It's another goal. Incredible. Hobble. Hello and welcome to the Low Strangers podcast, your perfect solution to the stress and the strain. This episode is a footballer pre-season special and my guest is former Swindon Town midfielder and current Cowden Beef assistant manager, Craig Easton. Hello, Craig. Hi, Rich. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm very good, thank you. Now, due to the magic of uh, recording, this isn't the first time we've we've talked, is it? And <laughs> and And next week people will hear the full conversation that we had, which was fantastic when we recorded it earlier in the lockdown. Yeah. But we're getting closer to football. Are you looking forward to it? Yeah, really am. It's been such a long time without it. It's, it's almost like you're forgetting how, how enjoyable it really is. It's, you're almost in that verge of it. It's, it's, it's getting into your life's changed so <laughs> so much because, you, you know, we've been so long without it. So we need it back. You know, as quick as possible, so that we can, you know, get. But I think, I think once, and, and as far as I'm concerned, I'm at Cowden Beath, and we've kind of got a preliminary date of first um, of September for our first session back. Now that we've got that, we can work towards it. Give the guys a co-season sort of ramp up the next four. Listen, they've all been keeping themselves fit. Uh, they've all been doing a lot of stuff on their own, but we want to give them a wee bit more in the next four weeks so that we can hit the ground running. So we're looking forward to it. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, what we're going to do in this episode, because, you know, I do this podcast, you know, there's a fair percentage of it is out of nosiness, just to mm-hmm. see what it's like behind the curtain. So we're going to we're going to talk about your time as a professional football and coach and what pre-season means, and hopefully we'll make it as Swindon-centric as possible. But I'm going to start right at the beginning of pre-season, and that's the last game of the football season. So something that... You know, it's always directed at players on that last day in May or late April, whatever. Is you know the, the sort of terms like they're on the beach and things like that. Did you ever go into games at the end if they were dead rubbers and just be like, oh, just get this game over and done with and off we go? Um, sometimes it's like you, you you've put all into the season. You want to be at the the business end. You want to be fighting for a a playoff spot or you know even even 
further up the league and, and, and a lot of times in my career we were almost fighting relegation you know the, the games went right down to the wire a few times so if I'm being honest that isn't what you miss <laughs> um, <laughs> because although the, you know we stayed up on every occasion so you almost get a celebration it's a wrong type of celebration but at least it's at least you're not being relegated so for, for the sort of excitement value it's brilliant but really you want to be at the business end the ones that are kind of as you said, dead rubber. Yeah, you're almost like okay. Um, I think you're. I think you're always. You just want to finish in a high because I. I always. I hate going into the close season on a loss. That's what you don't want to do because you always it just kind of eats it. It eats you a wee bit, I suppose, for a for a bit. You want to go in and you, you finish a game on a high. You send the fans away on a high. They get ready for the next season. You're 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 happy because you've finished in a win, and um, you're looking forward to your holidays. Um, so that's kind of how I used to approach it and, and to be honest I remember when we played Port Vale at the end of I think it was my first season um, and I think we won they were relegated I think we were, sat, yeah, yeah. we were sitting mid-table they were relegated we won 6-0 and I think that's probably my most enjoyable last game of the season if I'm being honest I, I managed to score that game as well so so yeah we, we played really well that game I think they, Port Vale had thrown the towel on to be fair but you know, we showed them no mercy and we, we, we enjoyed the last game and it was a lovely day at the county ground. It was nice and sunny and I, I remember that day. Yeah, I'm trying to think when that was because if that was the last day, it was right at the end. It was, that, I'm, yeah. I'm sure it was, I'm sure it was. But I mean, yeah, you're going into that and then it's almost like you tidy up a few loose ends around about the club. Um, you sometimes need, need to, and I have known on occasion that you get tested. You, yeah. you, you sometimes go away for the weekend and by the way, you usually end up with a night out with the boys, which is brilliant. <laughs> Um, everybody's ready, you know. Everybody's up for that. Yeah. So, the, so Saturday nights was a good night, and then and, and you want to go into that with a win as well. Do you know what I mean? That that's something that you you want to win as well. So, so you are want to win that last game to enjoy your last night with the lads. Sometimes you'll be seeing some of the boys for the last time, so you want to have a good night. And then it's almost you sometimes get pulled in for a day of testing, yeah. which is a nightmare because it's the last thing you want to do. But it's to kind of get a benchmark. But sometimes I don't think it's very realistic because you're not going to give it everything you've got, and some of the boys don't. So for the fact that they can beat their time and <laughs> they can beat their um, sort of effort on the week test when they come back easier, you know what I mean? So um, <laughs> yeah, it's a bit pointless. So, so only only on occasion we've done that. But yeah, that, that's kind of the, the the couple of days following the end of the season. Yeah. What's it like at the end of the game? Because for us as fans, as you quite rightly point out, it's we go home, go mm. bloody hell, how long till the next game? And you're kind of counting down to the pre-seasons or for people who don't watch the pre-season games, counting down to August. And for you guys, though, when you hit those changing rooms again, there, there are people in that room that are going to leave the club. Yeah. And sometimes we don't know that you know and of course mm-hmm. there's the there's the finding out if you're on the retained list or not what what is that like because at this stage usually the end of season awards they're all done and it is holiday as soon mm-hmm. as you leave the site isn't it yeah sometimes it's you as well it's leaving you know so you've yeah. got you've got um emotions that you kind of thinking you know last time i'm going to be here pulling this jersey on etc seeing these people so yeah it's listen Everybody's got their own wee things going on at times. Um, if you're coming back, you know you're coming back, then you're kind of just, you know, thinking about other guys or you're thinking about yourself and, you know, just how how you've ended the season and maybe, maybe having a wee thought about that. But usually it's a good it's a good place. As I, say, as I say, it depends how the season's finished. If that game means anything, if you've went up, it's even better. Or if you've, you know, you're heading into the playoffs, you're going, you know, there's, 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 it's a business day. It's more, it's, you know, it's a normal day, but usually on that last game, you're kind of there is that wee bit of relaxation that you've got in the changing room after it, and you know, sometimes a couple of beers are there and right away and whatever, and you know, you, you see a few people that are running about the club as well. But you know, I, 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 I kind of, as I say, got good memories of some last days and and relief in a lot of those those occasions as well. But you know, it's it's just the end of the game when it comes. As I say, if you think it's your last game, then there's a wee bit more emotion to it, do you know what I mean? Was there any times where you were like, oh, thank goodness that guy's leaving? No, no, I wouldn't have thought that. It was, no, no, it was, um, nah, I don't think so. And, and, and a lot of time, like you're saying, you don't know, because there's a lot that can happen during the... Sometimes you've not had that chat. I mean, you probably won't get in to see the manager until um, the following week. 
Mm. And a lot of times the end of the season do could be still to come that night or whatever. Um, sometimes they plan it so that it's that night then you have to go and see the manager. So there's still sometimes a lot of uncertainty as well, you know, around if your contract's up, if you're going to be offered something. Some guys have already got stuff in place that they know they're going to be going. Some boys want to move on, some boys are wanting to stay and maybe they don't get the opportunity to. So, yeah, there's... Listen, everybody's got their own thing going on and there's loads of different outcomes. So it's kind of a strange one. I think everyone just has that wee bit of... Everyone relaxes a wee bit. I will say that because, you know, it's a long season. You know, people could be 40-odd games, sometimes more. Um... And, and there's been ups and downs throughout that season, so you kind of just, you know, it's a tough shit. I'll be honest, if you're, if you're pushing yourself every day in training, people maybe don't know about it if they're not involved in football. It's a, it's a tough nine months, mm. and, and the close season goes so quickly. Yeah. The off season goes quickly, and you're back in before you know it. Well, let's talk about the downtime, the holidays. Because of social media, we get a pretty decent insight to the the, the holiday routine of footballers now and mm. i got to be honest I, I sometimes count as many as three different holidays one with the, <laughs> with the teammates one with the lads and one with the partners um, what, were, what were your holidays like? Well because I kind of me, me and my wife were together since we were really young I didn't really do the lads holiday thing at all um, I think first year I went down with my mate <laughs> which was random we went down to Tor- uh, Newquay <laughs> on the bus <laughs> to Scotland they took like 14 hours and then I came home and but I'd already booked that and then I went away to Torquay on the bus with Laura which <laughs> <laughs> was so random so that was and then you know but, but usually it was a case of going home but sometimes spending a week or two in wherever we were which would maybe be Swindon and having a wee bit of you know downtime there and then it would be a case of going up to Airdrie Back home to Scotland, Dundee and Airdrie, where we're both from, seeing the families, seeing our friends from up the back home, and, and, and then it would be off on holiday, and you'd probably still have a time to come back for a couple of weeks to get yourself ready, or, or a week or so, to get ready back in for pre-season. But during that time, I think for the first two weeks, I totally came off it. I had a good rest, done very little in terms of um, fitness or anything. It was more of like just ticking over and... If anything, I, I wouldn't. I kind of couldn't sit still anyway, so I was always wanting to do something, but it wouldn't be anything close to what we'd normally do. And then, you know, during the holiday period, it would be kind of just building up. Um, depending on what fitness coach you had, you would get an off season programme. And I'll be honest, I didn't really follow it because I had my own routine later on in my career. Um, it was good. There was good guidelines, I suppose, followed them, but I didn't follow it to the letter, and I don't think you were really expected to, um, as long as you were doing something and ready to come back in good shape. I always wanted to come back in really good shape, so you know I did, did do a fair bit of work on holiday and stuff. I enjoyed going to the gym and enjoyed doing my runs on holiday because it made it meant I could enjoy my holiday. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well. Yeah. Where were your favourite destinations then? Because nowadays it's either you know mm-hmm. Mediterranean. Vegas or or Dubai or somewhere like that. Where, where were the haunts? We loved America. Um, everywhere it was Florida, so we, we used to go and do. We did the parks, you know. We did the theme parks in Orlando, so we just we usually go for a week and at the theme parks, and then a week either to the, um, sort of the Gulf Coast or you know, um, like go to the beach. You know, it would be of course there's Captive Island there was kind of nice nice wee spots down there um, St Pete Beach that sort of thing so you would have a week because you know if you've been around it's been theme parks are not a holiday it's another it's like pre-season that's like pre-season do you know what I mean that's like going around getting a sweat on in Florida um, and then as we got older we kind of checked out other bits of America um, we did New York one year we, we did and then, and then it was kind of up in New England, doing kind of quite big tours of New England and Canada and stuff like that. But um, we went over to the West Coast and did um, Oregon and uh, Vancouver and Seattle and stuff like that. But I, I kind of liked, I didn't 
I love sit listening, I love the beach and I love the sea and stuff, but I also want I like going and seeing stuff as well. So um we always wanted to try and do as much as we could because you never you never get another time in the, the season to go and do it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well as we move from holidays to fitness routines, you've already implied it there by saying that you go to the gym when you're on holiday and things like that. I'm not I'm not an expert when it comes to nutrition or anything like that, but how much can you put on if you don't look after yourself in that in that window? Oh yeah, you can put on a bit. I mean, I was lucky that I don't naturally put on loads of weight, but I'll, I'll tell you a wee story when I was at Leighton Orient. We went, um, we did go to Florida and I had just had a hernia operation at the end of the season, so I basically couldn't move. I, I went kind of a week, I thought it was a week after it, and I think we went for three weeks and basically I couldn't do anything apart from swim. And um so and usually like I say, I get up early, go to the gym, so I get my workout, I get my work done early doors, I'll probably be swimming and on the beach all day doing stuff because I can't sit still honestly. I, I I probably sit for fifteen minutes, read a book and then I'm up wanting to do something in the water, play frisbee. my my wife says my nightmare. Um <laughs> and then later on when it gets a wee bit cooler I'll go for a run before we go out at night. So that's kinda my routine, if I'm, I'm saying routine, kind of rough routine when I'm on holiday. I don't stick to it religiously, but, but but this time I couldn't do anything apart from swim. And um, I came back probably a stone and a half over. And I think I came back, I'm usually about 11, 6. I came back over 12 and a half stone. It was funny because I thought we had, I thought we were in on a certain date, but I got the dates kind of mixed up because the flights were overnight and the time difference. Anyway, I went, what are, I'm in training tomorrow morning. <laughs> so we landed, flew around M25, basically got to the tr- got to training, sorry, got to the stadium, what, with the cases in the car still, what if what is in the car, I've walked in, still got like, my shorts on, as if I'm flip-flops on, walk in and the gaffer just starts laughing at me. Because <laughs> honestly, I've, I've put on a bit of beef. And I am a, I'm a stone and a half over, which is, you know, it's pretty, it's quite a lot. And he says, you're fined, you're fined a hundred quid. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I says, Gaffer, I've been, I says, I've been swimming. I, I says, I can't, I can't run. I says, I've not been able to do anything. He says, well, you're fined. I'm like, right, well, look, I'll guarantee you, give me 10 days and I'll be back down to my, my normal weight. Um, and if, you know, I says, I says half the fine then, and he went right. Okay, cool. So I probably got. We went. Actually, we ended up going out to Vegas with the team because we'd got promotion at Ian Barry and they promised us to go to Vegas. And um, I ended up. I got beasted in gym, which was horrible. And um, I got. I got back down in about a week, but it was. Um, and I knew I would because it used. It just felt. It just does fall off me, and especially in the heat. But it was. Um, the boys were killing myself because I just hoped. Okay, so I mean, you made your debut in on the first day of 1997. So you had pre-seasons between you know from the year 1997 all the way to current, really, because you've coached ever since you stopped playing. How different has the pre-season fitness routine changed in that time? Um, You know what. It's, it's probably not changed as much as, you, as you'd think. Um, I think there is more emphasis, or I think there's more chance of you getting the ball <laughs> early on. I mean, I go back to talk about my times at Dungeon United. We probably didn't see a ball for a week, mm-hmm. and I'm not lying there. Honestly, we just were running. It was just running, running. We were a run, we, boys used to joke and say we're a running club, or not a football club, from the morning. Um, and then it would be a case of getting the ball out later on but now I think and I think it's I think it's the right way to do it as the ball's out in the first day and you can still do all, you can do a lot of your work with the ball and I think that's the biggest change but in terms of the intensity in terms of the fitness um, there's probably less uh, long cross country runs which I can remember doing you know through forests and up hills and sand dunes and stuff like that um, it's more relative to you running as a footballer listen there's nothing wrong with those runs I think they're alright for throwing in for a bit of um, you know test of mentality or even you know there, there is there is there is some signs behind it but at the, at the time there wasn't it was just running until you 
basically can't run anymore or be sick or whatever. And now it's, you know, it's monitors, you've got heart rate monitors, you've got zones that you're working in and, you know, you, you still got to push the boys, but I think there's a, there's a different way to do it and I think that's how it's changed. I mean, we're talking about over a 20-odd year, a 20-odd year period um, and I think if it hasn't changed, then there's a problem. So that, that I'm saying the, the, the core of what you're doing hasn't changed, the way it's done has I just think some of the older boys when you were at Dundee United would have had far different uh, attitudes towards fitness. Rich, we were honest with me, we were the fittest team. I've never been, it was it was crazy. I mean, what we <laughs> used to do was mental, right? Um, when I came down to England and I went to Leighton Orient and we used to, I remember the first pre-season there and I was thinking, this isn't a pre-season, this is like, I don't think we're working hard enough here. But it was just a different way, it was a different type and I think also, the English game, you're playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, so you're almost gearing up for that. Obviously, pre-season inside it's intense as well, but you almost can't train as as much as, as you... I mean, up in Scotland, we used to get absolutely beasted on a Tuesday, like, and possibly a Thursday. You know, it was just mental, but some of the stuff, that was old school, but Dundee United was notorious for that. Yeah. I loved going away. With the, with the pre-season tours as well that, that was it. That was some good stuff as well oh, yeah we'll get to that in a minute it's, it's actually interesting what you say there about like the attitude in Scotland because I was listening to another podcast with Mickey Mellon who's just taken uh, over at Dundee United he's just United. taken over at Dundee United yeah, yeah and, he, and he was talking like and he was saying that Scottish based players just appreciate the fact that they're a footballer more than the guys in England do. So maybe that attributes to their fitness and their how serious they take their pre-seasons and things like that. Maybe, I mean, listen, pre-seasons were, at times were crazy, verging on crazy. I've, I've seen some, you know, some, some, some mad ones in my time and, <laughs> Um, we taught myself and Gary, Gary Bowen's a manager at Cowden Beef now and he played at Dundee United under um, the legendary manager Jim McLean and he taught I thought ours were bad um, and he talks about Jim McLean's and, and they didn't see a ball for two weeks you know so, <laughs> so it was like yeah he, he's got some yeah he's still got some mental scars from that time so um, yeah I don't know I'll tell you what you were fit and, and like I said before I've spoke to you this before when you get a good pre-season under your belt if you can stay fit throughout that period it goes a long way you having a, a good season or, or at least staying fit for that season I mean I, I remember coming home and, and and it's almost I remember it fondly almost like you get home you eat your dinner you're half an hour later you're, I'm, you're my leg used to be twitching and my wife's going you're falling asleep again and that's it you go home mm-hmm. eat, sleep as you see, sleep, run, repeat, and you just can eat. Honestly, you can eat as much as you like in pre-season because the amount of calories that you're burning is it's, it's, it's crazy. But I'll be honest, Rich, and I was a weirdo. I loved it because I was, and I, I actually enjoyed running. I, I liked running. Um, it was a big part of my game, fitness, and I was came natural to me. Um, so I, I actually enjoy pre-season because the fact is. It's the only time in the season that you actually are almost, are probably 100% fit. Because as soon as you go into games, you're going to, I don't think after the first two or three games, you're you're probably carrying something at some point and if you're a footballer. And, and, and in, that for, in that wee period of pre-season, you, you're feeling great. You're absolutely feeling brilliant. You've come off the back of a holiday. Um, you're getting fit. You're... you're kind of really focused in, the, in doing your job and you know I, I really enjoyed that wee period I think that's a kind of that's a nice nice place to be in now Richie finds Ferry beaten away by Colgan oh it's loose it's Ferry again and that has surely sealed Twindon's place in round two you're listening to the Low Strangers podcast proudly sponsored by the STFC official supporters club Let's move to transfers now. So, 
it's it's the most exciting part of the summer for a football fan is is the is the rumor mill, the you know transfer speculation, finding out um, who's going, who, who's coming, who's going. Um, it pretty much starts as soon as you guys finish for the summer, and then there's that awful for for us that awful sort of few weeks where nothing happens. What's happening in the industry though? Is it just a case of phone calls everywhere? Are you going around talking to people, or do you go on holiday, turn the phone off, and and then, and then just wait until you you come back. No, I mean, it's and I've been in this position a few times where my contract's been up. I've not got a club, and you're in this. It's it's a horrible feeling. It's a horrible place. You've not got a club. Uh, you're away on holiday, and sometimes it's not easy. I mean, unless you've had a really really good season, you've maybe got and, and there's interest in you. You've got a good agent, <laughs> which helps by the way. Um, then you may be confident you're getting a club, but I was always sitting there, and there was a few occasions where I'm on holiday and can't, and oh, you almost can't really relax because you're thinking, I'm coming back. I've not got a club yet. I mean, there was I started, I probably started three seasons where I didn't have a club, and I was just going in and training and hoping I didn't get injured, and that is a horrible place to be. And that's by the way, I wasn't. Oh, there is thousands, hundreds of, of hundreds, maybe thousands of footballers in that position. Clubs like sort of hedging their bets, trying to get you as cheap as possible, trying to sort of, you know, uh, you know, not offer you, and, and they leave you hanging, or they kind of, you, you get, like you said, the phone calls on holiday, nightmare time differences, you're like trying to phone managers, maybe even try to phone your own manager because you're renegotiating your own contract and you can't get a hold of them, and you're like, is he, is he even bothered about me? Do you know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. um, uh, listen, not being a top player, it's not the best. Of, it's not the best of times, and, and many footballers will tell you that. I think every player's probably experienced it sometime of year. On the flip side, if you've had a good season, you know exactly where you're going. You're fine. You can relax. You can enjoy your summer. But there's been many summers that you've been. I've been in limbo, and 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 it's a strange one because the clubs are in control of that situation almost. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It strikes me as quite a sneaky time as well, where. You know, players will will say one thing, but the reality is they're going to go and do something else. And is that because they're sort of guided by their agent, or is it because they just don't know what to say to press or fans? What's going on there? I think it'll be by everything. I think you're right. You're guided by your agent sometimes. Sometimes your agent will, all right, I'll put something out there that's not even true that a club's interested in you. That'll maybe make someone else interested in you. You know, there's. there's there's ways of playing the game, I suppose. Um, or even put something out in the, the paper or put out something in the media. Um, I think players are taking control of that themselves through social media at times, rightly or wrongly, I don't know. Mm. Um, so there's, there's this big sort of, I think, perception that players are in control a lot of the times, whereas I think the top players are. But... A lot of the times, a lot of the things are out of your control, massively out of your control, um, and 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 I don't think it's, I don't think people see that. You know what I mean? I think people just see the, the top guys. They they're almost sort of picking and choosing and dictating. But a lot of times, you're the one that's getting dictated to, um, terms, kept hanging on uncertainty. There's a lot of that in uh, the course season, and 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 yeah, there's. I think you've got to be proactive yourself as well. If you're out of contract, and I, I was many times, you know, I didn't. I, I went straight to managers. I went straight to coaches and said, "Look, I'm available because your agent's not doing it for you. You might as well try and do it yourself." And and listen, there's nothing to lose by that. But you know, you've got to sometimes be humble and and do that. Do you think? Because of social media now, it's quite hard for a footballer to be human in the sense of they want social media, they want to use it as well. They've got to be responsible to a degree, of course. But, you know, fans will often listen to their clubs blindly, not really understanding that the clubs are also playing the game as well, aren't they? So, you know, the club will say one thing which might not be completely accurate, but it will sell a player down the river and then they get like loads of abuse and they, yeah. they, they're left to defend themselves aren't they? Without a doubt I mean you know like you know, there's instances and in, uh, guys will 
like here's one, you know, like even at Swindon, renegotiating a contract, for instance, didn't play as much from that had a good first season, didn't play as much the second season when Danny came in. It was the end of my two year contract, negotiating another year and I'm being offered less money. And my argument is just because Danny's not picked me, just because the manager's not picked me, does it mean I've worked less hard that season? It's actually the opposite. I've probably worked harder to try and get in the team. Yet you're wanting to cut my wage just because my PMC say this. That kind of doesn't make sense to me. I I can't. I know. I know why it does to them. But I'm like, okay, well, mm, that's that's when you're kind of held, not held to ransom because you don't need to sign the contract. But at the same time, you've probably not played as much. You're not going to have a lot of options out there. So you kind of, you know, the club's in control a lot of the times. You want to be in an ideal scenario where you've had a great season. And you're actually saying to them, like, what are you going to offer me? Because if not, I'm going to go. Sit, I'm going to go elsewhere. And unfortunately, that was never. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't in that position too many times. Well, fringe players need motivation too, don't they? So if they're going to put in the same amount of work rate in the week, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to want financial incentive. And if they're not, if they haven't got financial incentive, then they're not going to put in as much effort potentially. As as the rest of the squad because they're not going to get anything out of it, are they? You could potentially demotivate a player before the start of the season yeah. by showing your hand to say, look, you're not as important as you maybe once were. Or I'm not saying that happened to me, not at all. But I'm just saying I can see another. You can see someone saying, well, you know, why why am I getting offered less? Because I'm I've not done any less work. You know, I've actually probably done more work. But it's just someone's opinion means it. I've not contributed as much as I would like, you know, and and yeah, it's it's one of the things that you're trying to justify yourself sometimes to, to to get that other contract. And listen, it's great you have to fight for another contract, but I think clubs, and especially in this day and age, are just trying to they're trying to cut costs, they're trying to save as much money as they can. They've, they've maybe want to keep money back for another player that's another, so they're trying they maybe try and pinch a wee bit off the of players that are already there so that they can maybe bring someone in. And I suppose that's an age of the game, especially mm-hmm. if strikers get the bigger money, you know. But I think when you you go in to talk to them, you're going, well, you know, I've, I've earned what I've earned and, and and this is what I should be getting. It's just, have you got the have you got the stats? Have you got the argument to go and back it up? You know what I mean? And, and a lot of times the clubs are, are kind of wanting to dictate that. Yeah. Did you ever go to a club for talks... Shake hands with the manager, shake hands with the secretary, go, okay, see you next week, and then it all fall through. Um, yeah, I went from, well, anyway, I went down to Jowingham, went down to Jowingham and met the manager, thought he was shown around the stadium, uh, went with Laura, was shown around the stadium, shown around the area, spoke to the chairman, uh, thought, yeah, they were talking money and everything, and then... <laughs> Nothing came. Not on, on. It was almost like they didn't just put they didn't put the offer through, and I'm going, okay, what's happened there? Um, so so yeah, that 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 happened, and it's a strange one because you think, okay, that that went really well. We're talking, I've, I've been, it's almost like a done deal, and then nothing happened. I was like, right, well, I don't don't really understand why I, why I went down there. So yeah, it's happened. Listen, you just you just move on and you try and find the next option. And what I think, I think it was it was Swindon. It was when I came to Swindon actually. Just seems like a wasted day, doesn't it? Having to go all the way down there, totally. and then not even get the courtesy of an offer. You know, Do you at least get an explanation? No, ah. just none, man. And it was like you're just like yeah, but but Rich, you know, you're saying that that's not unusual. Mm. That's not unusual. It's just it's the nature of the business, and it's not listen, right or wrong. It's the nature of the business, and I suppose after a while. When you've been in it, you get used to it. Still, not maybe not the right way to do things. I don't think it is the right way to do things, but it's how things are done a lot of the times. Yeah, a couple more areas I want to cover before before we close. The first one is, of course, the return to work. Then, so with Swindon, I think you had three pre seasons and three different managers. So, what is that? return to work like I mean I always think it's like the first day of school you've got a bunch of new faces looking at you how yeah. awkward is that opening or is everyone just is, is part of the job it's brilliant like 
you're right, it's like new school, it's like going back to school, you've got your new shoes, you've got your new boots, <laughs> you know, you've got, you see who's got the most ridiculous pair of boots, um, you've got, you know, it's great, you get new kit, it's, you know, and, and it doesn't matter how many clubs and how old you get, a bit of new kit is brilliant, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you think, oh, what's, you know, what's the new training gear like, um, everything feels great, the optimism at the start of every season and by the way, it's in every dressing room up and down the country. Whatever has happened the season before, there's always hope. And I think the fans feel that as well. I like this. And that's the thing I like about the start of a new season. Um, but yeah, you're getting in there. If you've been in there as a player already, coming into a dressing room that you know, I think you know, you're know you coming back, you're all looking forward to seeing every day. You're welcoming new guys to the club. You're trying to find out a wee bit about them and that. So you've got that upside. If you're going in there as a new on me as a new face then yeah it doesn't matter how many times you've done it it's daunting it is and then you just can't wait to go on the on the training pitch um, but yeah you're you're just fine you know sometimes you've got to you've got to suss out what the sort of dressing room's like and yeah it's, it's it's interesting it's an interesting thing going to new new clubs and finding out what, what, what it's all about you know and um it's, it's it's quite difficult actually at times, but um, it's enjoyable as well because you're outside your comfort zone. As soon as you go into a new place, like, like a new place of work, everything's new again. You need to prove yourself again. You need to make new friendships. You need to you know find your feet as quick as possible. Yeah, and we talk about it in your main episode. But what have we got here for your time? That's two seasons with Lotto and one with Adidas. Mm-hmm. So in the last year, you had loads of new stuff which would have been probably last still today yeah it was good stuff good, <laughs> good. but you know I, I, I spoke about it I liked the second season Wattle stuff was alright actually I quite yeah. liked the um, and it had the 442 sponsor on it and stuff now that that was pretty good yeah the dark but, you know, blue the, wake it yeah yeah and I don't know if I spoke about it but the pre-season over in Austria that was a great trip <laughs> um, and we played the Nabachi and Coxie scores a wonder goal and, and we're trying to swap the shirts and we're trying to swap our training kit and Ternabachi have got their normal kit and they're just laughing at us because, you know, it's ridiculous. But um, the, the, the pre-season tours to Austria were excellent. We started that because um, Swindon started doing that because Paul Sturrock took us um, and he'd, he'd took Dundee United to Obertron, um, this little village. And we, it was an amazing place, like in the mountains. You've got this river that runs through it. It comes from like the mountains, from the glacier, and it's freezing cold. So that's that's your ice bath after training. Everyone has to go in the river after training. Um, there's a lake down at the bottom, um, and it's just football, food. There's nothing else to do. You go up the mountain in the cable car. You go to ice caves. It's pretty cool. But um, yeah, so Paul took when I came to Swindon, he, he then took us to. Obertron and then I think we went the next year again with, with Morris and, yeah, and then Danny took us to we went in go to Obertron that time we went to another place can't remember the name but it was a wee bit busier there was a wee bit more to do um, which is probably not, not a good thing <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah. I definitely remember a video of Scott Cuthbert jumping from a great height yeah. in, in, in Austria I definitely remember seeing that yeah, we used to go down to the lake and if the manager and coaches are known, we were jumping off, there was a board and you could jump into the lake, everybody was doing it and then we'd jump off the, so everybody tried to go a wee bit higher, you jump, you know, Pookie would go up and try and jump off the the barrier that was at the road and we'd all try it and then I remember for, it was Miguel, Miguel done it and nearly killed himself and we just went, mm. <laughs> that was close, we need, you know, I think we maybe knock us in the head or something, you know, we might be a person down for training tomorrow. How, it was good. How important are those tours to squad in terms of team bonding and things like that? Oh, vital. I loved it. It was brilliant. That was when you kind of, especially if you were a new guy, those those were great because you're, you know, you're living with each other. You're, you've got a roommate. You're starting to, you're starting to get to know everybody that wee bit better. By the end of the week, you're probably fighting with each other because you've been in each other's pockets for too long. But, um, you know, and that was you'd have a night out. You'd maybe have a quizzes. You'd, you would, you know, there's downtime where you grab, you know, jump on mountain bikes and go away up that way in the forest. Or, nah, there's loads of wee bonds that are made, and you know, you probably get 
you get to know what you can expect from each other. And as I say, you're, you're still training hard. You're playing against top opposition over there. We played Cluj over there. Um, we also played some Italian teams. I can't remember. Fernabachi I've mentioned. So you're, you're being tested. So, yeah, you're, those trips are vital. Because there's, and it's the wee things that matter. It is like it's going up to the ice caves, and and I've been before, so I've I've went up to the ice caves, packed a wee rucksack with a pair of tracky bottoms and a pair of socks, and and he turned round and Jarrell and we Peacock are standing with flip flops and shorts and t-shirt and a vest or something on, and you're in an ice cave at minus three, <laughs> um, and they're just laughing, and I'm pulling pulling on a pair of tracky bottoms, and they're just laughing at them, and they're just going right. I said I've been here before. <laughs> it's all these wee things, you know. It's all, and I remember Chris Tanner, who was in media relations. Chris, Chris made a. Chris used to take lots of photos, and and I think he put together a book, a wee book for us all of all these candid photos of of the trip, and and it was excellent. It was brilliant. He gave one to every player. So yeah, you, you get a wee bond. That, that's where you get a bond. Pre-season tours, brilliant, fantastic trip away see a bit of culture, you know, different climate, brilliant. What about what about the, in England when you have to go around the houses? So in your time at Swindon, you would have gone to Swindon Supermarine, yeah. Sirencester, Forest Green Rovers when they were still a lowly side, Hungerford. Yeah. Do, do you, did you like those games or were no. you always sort of weary of the pitch and things like that? I, 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 I didn't like friendlies in general. I thought, Especially if they were against teams lower than you, and that's that's no disrespect, and that's because you know they are going to be like when we played Fenerbahce, we were right up for it. When we played Cluj, right up for it. Hungerford are dying to play uh, Swindon Town, Supermarine are dying to play, and it's natural, it's fine, it's, it's but you're on a hind end nothing, and I sometimes pre-season friendlies are just like, oh man. Just want to get through us. Don't want to get injured because you, you want to be ready for the start of the season. But you want to you want to make a good impression. So there's a lot of things going on in those friendlies. You want to just get through them. You want to get your match fitness. And I've had managers that put what in. I've had managers ranging from putting a lot of emphasis on pre-season friendlies to actually just saying go and run about and get fit. Get fit. I don't even want to talk to you after it. What's the right way? You know, it's probably a bit in between that. But at the same time, I think. Nearer the end of pre-season is where you've got to start looking at, and usually near the end of pre-season you start playing better English teams that are round about you, and that's when you start really, you know, putting together your shape and stuff like that. But those earlier games are usually, you know, let's just get through this, let's don't get injured and just get through it, you know, and and I think sometimes the manager just understands that as well because he he wants everybody on, he wants everybody ready for the start of the season as well, you know. I remember when you were at Swindon, there was this quite not big deal at the time. It was a, a moment of annoyance because uh, we had a friendly with Plymouth and they brought their kids. And it was mm. supposed to be one of our, because they were championship level then, it was mm. supposed to be like one of our marquee, so yeah. to speak, friendlies. And they brought their under 18s, which, you know, included Yannick Berlassi before he was famous right. and Joe Mason. But I just remember the disrespect of that. <laughs> just, yeah. Just come on. Because we played our first team, obviously. We won yeah. comfortably, not, we didn't tra- trounce them or anything. But no. it was, it, I remember that causing quite a moment. Yeah, that happens. I mean, sometimes. The higher, the, the better team, or the, the the team that's higher, will come in with a, with a, with a team that's not as strong. But I mean, I remember even like even watching football. I remember going down, and this is years ago, going when I was on holiday in Newquay, going to watch Queens Park Rangers play. Would have been somebody like Bodmin or something. Yeah. You know, I was Bodmin actually, and um, I, I remember they brought they had Trevor Francis and like. I think St Clair scored an overhead kick or something. Maybe I'm making up. Maybe that's in my head. But there was like there was volleys and there was they put on a right show. And that's what you kind of want to see. Do you know yeah. what I mean? You want you want to see that. It's, but now, but then being on the other side as a player, it was almost like yeah, what's you know sometimes let's get through it. Let's win the game. I, it was hard for me not to treat it like a normal game, and that's where probably I was like, you know, uh, it was. You get frustrated at times because you're probably not up to speed yourself, and then you're, you know, it's, it's it's sometimes a wee bit false at times. You know what I mean? When I was a kid, 
it was quite easy how you considered a friendly as a fan because you knew if they were taking the first to places like Swindon. So mm. say if Manchester United were coming to the county ground, if mm. it had the 11 in Roman numerals at the end of it, you knew it was, <laughs> it was the kids. So, you know, you didn't, you didn't have the hopes that it would be yeah. Ryan Giggs or Rory Keane or anything yeah. like that. You knew it was going to be the, the next... The next the, uh, the reserves or something. The reserves yeah. or something. But if they didn't have the the eleven in Roman numerals, you could get excited. Uh, what I will say is, I mean, playing with Torquay, Stoke came down and Weeds came down uh, and toured the west coast, um, sort of the southwest, and um, they played two top teams against us. And like I said, we were a smaller team, so we we were right up for it. We, we drew with we drew with both of them. They'd crouch playing. They had Matt Etherington at the time. We'd said, we'd said a good squad out as well so those are the games you love I love playing like that it's, it's kind of the way it's funny that, and then and then before that we'd played like the Royal Marines and <laughs> I can't remember who it was some, some a, a local team and you're, it's just it's no disrespect it's just the it's just you get up naturally the, the smaller team gets up for the bigger game and, and, and that's what you look forward to in pre-season the bigger ones and there's, there's a good mixture, I suppose. Mix, the, the smaller ones I used to use, think, right, get my touch in, get my fitness, and the bigger ones, it was more, right, you know, let's test ourselves here. Final question, really, before we close. What, what was your mindset towards trialists? You know, everyone at some point has to be a trialist, probably throughout their yeah. career, but, you know... It's tough for them. Yeah. You know, it's, it, probably until I was one, probably. I didn't, I'm not saying didn't treat them well. I just felt almost like... It's so hard for you to get a contract here, mate, because you're probably not in long. They maybe only train for a week or a few days and they play one game or, if they're lucky, one and a half or something, you know, because everyone else needs to get minutes. And, I mean, it's so hard for them to get, it's so hard for, to get a contract from that, you know what I mean? It's a snapshot. So, really tough. I mean, and I was on the other side of it when I, I was kind of a trialist a couple of times. I went, I went and had a trial for um, Crawley. When I was out of contract at South End, I drove round to Crawley. They said you'll come and play. We're playing, and funny enough, it was QPR. I played 45 minutes. The second 45, so I sat on the bench for 45, was 45 minutes listening to Steve. Steve Evans go absolutely <laughs> bare, mental. His players thinking this is the first. This is crazy, man. He's gone nuts. They were doing well. They were actually, I think even, I think even been beating QPR one 0 Anyway, I went on, done all right for, done okay, nothing, nothing brilliant, and I just knew I wasn't going to go offered anything because I didn't, you know, I didn't, didn't, a forty-five minutes didn't set the, didn't set the game on fire, didn't do badly, but I'm like, how am I going to get a game? How, how, why would I get a contract out of this? You know what I mean? It's, and I probably didn't think of that as much regarding the guys coming in until I was in that position, probably. You know what I mean? But it's. It's really tough for them. I think the best time is when they come on tour with you and you've yeah. got a better chance to get to know them. And I think you can tell quite early on, even in training, whether I think training's probably a better idea, gives you a better outlook on how they're going to be day to day and then in the game. You know, I think I think you get a better idea of what they're all about, their work ethic and all the rest of it. As a coach now, I'm looking at players coming in and their work ethic and how they train. Listen, they could go and have a great game or they could go and have a... I mean, I've seen players get signed after having an amazing game and being absolutely... Not, not, and being, oh yeah, being hopeless. Yeah, we've seen that. So, you know, it's just on the day. It's, it's a tough thing. It, it can go for you. It could go It could go against you. So I've got sympathy for MD that's on trial, to be honest. Sure. Yeah, OK. Well, final question then, because we're talking on the eve that, that Swindon returned to training. So when right. you were, when you were playing... What what were you thinking the night before the return to training? Um, what was I thinking? I've probably been sitting with my boots on so that I don't get blisters <laughs> the next day. I've probably been in the bath with my boots on. <laughs> um, so that I don't get blisters if they're brand new. And I'm being serious. I used to do that. Um, and then I'm just kind of going, right, went forward to it you know I don't know you get that you get that wee butterflies don't you yeah. well I don't know what I'm saying don't you you get the butterflies and I know you're the like, feeling I, I can yeah. get that yeah yeah you, get, you, you do and you're like as you say going back to school going back to your, your work and um, there's that bit of hope there's that bit of 
I also I also like to have a think about what I used to sort of give myself. I'm not a mark out of ten, but ask myself or even have I improved from the season before, and ask myself that and think if I have why. If I haven't, why not? What can I do? And then, so so you're probably kind of going through that last wee bit in your mind before you go on the next day to say, right, reinforce that, say, right, can, what do I go back and do better or do differently this season? Is there anything that I've been wanting to add to my game? Is there anything I've maybe been working on? Because I think as you get older, you're starting thinking about your preservation of playing as long as you can. You're maybe adding something into your routine that you've maybe done over the course of the season. You're wanting to talk, sort of add it, whether it's a wee bit more prehab before training. Um, I think you take things through other sports as well. When you've been off, I used to watch watch basketball finals and get inspiration from that. I just think watching those guys operating at that level, I think that, that gave me an excitement to go back to my sport to be better. Um, obviously, I think the guys who have watched the, the, the last dance now with Chicago Bulls, and I think if you watch that before you go into football you'll be chomping at the bit to get back into your sport to take something from their guys oh okay they're at the top of the level but I always loved the commitment of the the basketball players or whoever it was or even if it was maybe a World Cup that was on or something I'd be going right that's put that's that's given me more inspiration or drive to kind of get better to get to what get to where they are and and, and, and I think that's what you're thinking about before you go on as well before, yeah. you know, the next day Fantastic, Craig, thank you very much Pleasure mate Below Strangers is proudly sponsored by the official STFC Supporters Club The music was created by the great Matthew Kilford and the artwork was provided expertly by John Daglish. Thanks for listening. Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.